0: And now, it's time for the BetMGM MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL, with Ryan Horvath and Cody Decker on the BetQL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the tag team champions of the world, the anti-hero Cody Decker. The greatest broadcaster in the world, Rob Brown. Welcome to BetMGM MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL. I am Cody Decker, brought to you by Rob Brown over here. Rob, how you doing, man? Joining me, uh, basically taking the place of Ryan Horvat, who is still out with COVID, and I wish him the speediest and speediest of speediest recoveries. Now, again, I said this last week, and I will say it again, Rob. Is it funny that he has COVID? No. Wish him the speediest of recoveries in the world. Ryan Horvat is an incredible broadcaster and even better person. And I hope he gets healthy as quickly as possible. Is it funny that he broke his tooth on Friday? Absolutely not. That's horrific. And that sucks. No one likes breaking a tooth. I broke a tooth about two weeks ago, and I got very lucky. I got it fixed immediately, Rob. Is it funny that he broke a tooth and cannot fix the tooth because he has COVID? Yes, a little. It is a little funny. I don't don't wish it upon him. But if you can't, if you cannot laugh at tragedies every once in a while, then what, why, what are we doing?
1: You know, it's it's funny. And and first off, super happy to be here. Ryan, get well soon, buddy. Uh, I have been there. It sucks. Not a fan. I have two <laughs> things out of that intro. Number one, and this is a true story. I am 1-0 in professional wrestling with the Generation X as my tag team partners. The Road Dogg Jesse James, the Badass Billy Gunn. I have wrestled a professional wrestling match in a tag team with the two of them, that's my first part. Uh, okay. Second part, true story. Last year, uh, and I blame this solely on the Dallas Cowboys. I was watching a Cowboys game at a bar one day, and for zero explainable by medical science reasons, I passed out standing up. I took a face first nose dive onto a concrete floor, and mm. I busted off the bottom half of both of my front teeth. And because it happened on a on a on a Saturday night. I could not get them fixed until Monday. And so for two days, I talk like Mike Tyson. And if the only time in the last two and a half years that I had to take a day off of radio, uh, I
0: feel that pain. And Mm -hmm. Ryan will get zero jokes from me because of that. Uh, you, well, Ryan will get a ton of jokes from me because <laughs> I have lived through this. And quite frankly, I love Ryan Horvat to death and he deserves every one of these jokes because we got to keep each other humble. That's how we work. And Rob Brown, of course, you have been my co-host all season long for Bet for the Cycle that we have done with the hate and ass of hate and asses. That is Mario. Um, And it's so glad to have you here. Talk baseball right now. We got some great stories to talk about. In fact, I'm going to start with this one because, to me, this has been a huge story, and that has been the NL Cy Young. Sandy Alcantara, seemingly this season, out of nowhere, just having the best season in Major League Baseball. And I and I, I, do mean this. He has been the best pitcher in Major League Baseball, and it's not just his numbers. You know what's the, you know what's the number that jumps out? And it, other people have said it, so I'm not saying something that's just magic that you're going to hear for the first time. But the innings pitched by Sandy Alcantara this season has been – astronomical he's got like 75 more innings than the closest guy to him because this guy pitches complete game after complete game deep into ball games in fact he's finished under seven innings this season in what is 23 starts what four times he's a monster and not only did he have his worst game of the season against the los angeles dodgers six days later he faces the los angeles dodgers again And has his best game of the year. Absolutely carves and shoves against Los Angeles. Complete game. 10 Ks against the Dodgers. And again, not against the Dodgers. Against this Dodgers, Rob Brown. We know the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Sandy Alcantara made them look like they were nothing. This guy is your Cy Young Award winner. He could shut it down the rest of the season. He's the Cy Young Award winner. And there's no one even close. The only one that was close was Tony Gonsolin. And I said last week, if he doesn't pitch well against the Dodgers... Tony Gonsolin's 6-1 to one is going to shoot all the way to 2-1. to one. Well, that didn't happen. Sandy Alcantara shoved. He stayed at 6-1, to one, and you have some unfortunate news about Tony Gonsolin.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, the unfortunate news, first and foremost, is that when Cody Decker said that,
0: uh, considering the fact
1: that Alcantara's last performance against the Dodgers six days before his greatest performance of the year, also against the Dodgers, he got absolutely rocked for the mm-hmm. first and only time, it feels like, At that point, Tony Gonsolin was sitting at like plus 600, like right at six to one. Mm -hmm. And I decided what the heck take a flyer, right? Because you're effectively saying, I believe maybe the best offensive line in the history of baseball in the LA Dodgers can have a bounce back game against the guy they are familiar with because it wasn't six weeks ago. It was six days ago. They're familiar. They've seen his best stuff. They're going to be fine. Not only were they not fine, but Tony Gonsolin has now been placed on the IR with a strained forearm. I do not know how long that stay is going to be. I do know that after the Alcantara frames against L.A., he went from six to one to worse than seven to one. And I went ahead, took a flyer on that, wasted money because yeah. like 48 hours later, he goes to the IR. He would have needed to be not stellar. He would have had to have been immaculate with multiple no-nos between now and the end of the year for a chance to maybe catch Sandy Mm -hmm. Alcantara. Then he goes on the IR. So, you know, if you, if you listen to us uh, two days ago, when we said maybe that's worth a flyer because Gonsolin's odds might get better. Mm -hmm. They might go shorter. If he has a couple of great outings and Alcantara gets rocked by the Dodgers again, neither of those things happen. In fact, it's worse. Uh, Gonsolin was on the board Two hours ago, at seven to one odds, now likely going to be off of it. Your next best odds are Max Freed in Atlanta. We talked about him on the show Saturday as being maybe the most underappreciated ace in Major League Baseball. No, right no, no, now.
0: no, I'm I'm going to say it: the most underappreciated ace in Major League Baseball. The most. I can't even. Can you think of anyone else that we are not talking about the way we don't talk about Max Freed? Hell, we don't even talk about Max Freed. He is the best pitcher, by the way, on that staff. We don't even talk about him like he is the best pitcher on that staff. All I hear is Spencer Strider every single day. Max Freed is the ace of that team.
1: Oh, 100%. In, in fact, it it made me feel better that you said that Saturday and that you're saying it today. You know, I I, I have made no secret. I'm a, I'm a lifelong Braves fan. And I always kind of feel weird talking bets. Like one of my rules when I'm gambling is I do not make bets on my own team. I just don't do it. Because no matter how hard you try... Your heart will sometimes replace your brain, which is not a great thing when you're gambling. So I always wonder, like, okay, am I homering it up a little bit? Am I Mm -hmm. letting my Braves fandom rule the way that I'm betting so I don't touch that? Except Max Fried, who I have leaned on quite a bit so far this year. So to hear you call him the most underappreciated ace made me feel better as a gambler. Max Freed is 18 to one right now. Yeah, he has no chance. In,
0: he has no chance None. in hell of winning and the NL Cy Young. he's
1: the best pitcher in the NL right now and has no chance in hell at catching Sandy.
0: You know what's amazing? That Tony Gonsolin line. That, go back a little bit on that Tony Gonsolin stuff. By the way, we're, we're talking about Tony Gonsolin. Oh, what he would have to do to catch up to Sandy Alcantara. What else would he have? The guy's lost once. He's got an under two ERA. We're like, yeah, he's got virtually no chance. That's how good Sandy has been. Like, that's insane to me. The guy not only has, and I've said this many, many times, not only has Tony Gonsolin only lost one game, in his 24 starts this year, the Dodgers have only lost one of those games. So it's automatic when Tony Gonsolin starts, the Dodgers win. Um, And he still, again, has no chance in hell. And you mentioned that about Max Freed also. I love that you mentioned about Max Freed because it's very easy to be a homer because you're an Atlanta fan. It's worse for me because I always hesitate to say not good things about Max. And it's not because Max isn't amazing. I've known Max since Max was in diapers. I've known Max since he was a little kid. I have used to play with his older brother. When uh, Max was drafted by the Padres, he would live with me in spring training. I've known Max forever. So like... I always want to like. Okay, is Max really the best, or am I just looking at my friend thinking he's the best? And then I look at the numbers, like, nope, Max is the best. Max is definitely the best. And I always try to hold up because of my relationship with the guy. But the guy is unbelievable. And you talk about contracts. We've seen all these contracts that the Braves are rolling out. They're going to have to open up the wallet a little bit more for Max Freed, man.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it would be a good move, right? Like yes, they it would. Locked up Michael Harris Jr. and Ronnie Acuna and Ozzy Albies and, and Matt Olson, And all these guys are locked up through 27 and 28. But, Max but no arms.
0: arms. I mean, excellent. But none of the arms have been locked up. No, long no, long.
1: exactly right. And that's what I'm saying. Of the contracts they have given out, and I've got their brave fans here in Greenville that are like, did we overpay Michael Harris Jr., right? Like he's having a really good stretch mm-hmm. as a first-year guy, but did we overpay him? And I think that's a very valid question to yes, ask. If there's a dollar amount, if there's a big dollar amount available, it's got to go to Max Freed. And and there's still moves to be made in Alex we trust. Alex Anthopoulos is the Mm -hmm. GM of the decade, in my opinion, for what he did last year. And the fact that if this Braves lineup stays good, they may be building maybe a baby dynasty right here. But Max Freed has got to get a contract before he comes up at the end of next season And you need to add more arms on top of that because having those bats, especially you and I talked about this Saturday with how streaky those bats are for the Braves, I need to be able to rely on more than Spencer Strider and Max Mm Freed. You know, Kyle Wright said some really good stretches too. Yes, he has. But I need some starting rotation help if this Braves dynasty offensively is going to jump up there and compete with LA for the next few years.
0: I am just now realizing something. How just about literally no, 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 no. I, I agree with everything you said about Alex Anthopoulos. Um, probably GM of the decade as of late, especially this last two years. There is one thing I'm noticing a lot of contracts being handed out. But good contracts. I've liked everyone. I do agree that maybe they may have overpaid on Michael on Michael Harris Jr. a little early. But hey, you know what? Get that out of the way. Your entire offense has been chured up basically for the next eight years. Pretty incredible. They haven't allotted any of this money to any pitchers so actually now i'm starting to wonder is this by design do the braves have a developmental with their pitching that they think is good enough that they can maybe let some of these arms go is there a plan not to sign max freed not to sign Wright, not to sign strider and wear those guys out for the next couple of years and ship them out for their next crop of arms perhaps that is a thing that the braves have in mind because We've seen all these contracts and none of them are to pitchers and all of their good pitchers are under the age of 30. Strong possibility
1: if you consider how much the Braves have leaned on the farm system this year. I mean, last year mm-hmm. they went out and they got jock and they, they, they went out and added these guys uh, from other systems. This year they have, if you'll pardon the terrible pun, really bet on the farm. All the guys mm-hmm. that are in the rotation now are all Braves guys. They came up through the Braves system. They've been raised by the Braves except the pitchers so far. I'll be real with you. I, I I very, very loosely know the Gwinnett roster just down the road. I just barely know the Mississippi Braves roster just down the road. I haven't seen that. But then again, the Braves have been really good at keeping an outstanding farm system quiet until they elevate these guys up to the next level, in which case they've broken out like M- Michael Harris Jr. So if you're a Braves fan, I... I Again, I don't know if I've gotten to the point where I would say Alex has unquestionable reign, mm-hmm. but I got no reason to believe that he doesn't have a plan in place for the bullpen unless he's just one guy that's going, we're all bats. Like we're all, we're going to win every series and it, uh, the scores are going to be 13 to 11 in every series, which maybe that's the case. I don't know, but I agree. I, it, Max Freed's got to get locked up. He's probably, I think Spencer Strider is earning his way there. Freed's the one guy in this rotation that you go, that guy's got to be signed now. Mm -hmm. Question is, how long of a contract do you offer Max Freed versus how long of a contract does Max Freed want before he's willing to sign back in Atlanta?
0: Yeah. Um, you know what, um, we got to talk about this because hate and ask Mario is sitting in the background right now, listening to us. And he put this in here specifically for himself. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and comment on it as you should, because John, uh, was it John Morosi that was on uh, Parkinson Spiegel in Chicago the other day? He said he wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs traded for Otani this off And I know Mario heard that and just everything in his soul exploded with happiness and joy. Never in a million years is this happening this offseason. I don't know what anyone is talking about. Since when did the did the Cubs develop a minor league system where they have what? Do they have 10 guys to send over to Anaheim for Otani? Because the answer is no. They have they have uh what's what's the Pete Crow Armstrong, who's their top prospect? Outside of that, who are they sending? There is no one to send. No one. No one, their best prospects are in the big leagues right now. In last place, practically. I mean, it's not like what does anyone otani's not going anywhere until the trade deadline. I'm a little oh yeah, Contreras for Otani straight up. Mario, I'm so worried about you. I'm so worried about you. <laughs> the Cubs are not getting can the Cubs get Otani in the free agent market? That I think they could do in the trade market. No, I don't think they have a chance. They need they need to send take what the Padres just sent for Juan Soto. And times it by three. That's what it's going to take to get Otani. And the reason why I think that is because Perry Maniason, who is the GM of the Angels, is not a dummy. In fact, he, just for the last few years, came straight from where, Rob Brown? I'm going to go he's
1: been working with a guy named Alex.
0: Yeah. Yeah down in some city called Atlanta, where we just finished talking about the GM of the decade. So something tells me Perry Maniason is not a dumb person and probably will do everything he can to get a king's ransom for Otani, as he should. The Cubs don't have a king's ransom. They don't have a ransom. You ever see the movie Ransom with, with uh, with uh, what's his name?
1: How am I blanking on Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, you
0: ever see ransom with Mel Gibson? It's not a good movie, but remember that ransom? Yeah, that won't do it either. Nothing will do it. The Cubs don't have the capital to do that. They have the financial capital to sign him as a free agent. Absolutely. This team is worth what? $3.5 billion roughly. Um, They can absolutely afford him. The question is, are they going to pay him in a year and a half? And is Otani going to be healthy in a year and a half for him to get paid? I am inclined to believe yes, but Do you think the Cubs would ever maybe sign him to a free agent deal? It's going to cost a lot, but and I could see him playing in Chicago. I just can't see it happening as a trade. So two things. First off, also Rene Russo and Gary
1: Sinise were in Ransom. Just oh my god, that's right. Gary Sinise was the villain. Yep, that is exactly correct. Wow, Uh, that was a bad movie. It was a bad movie. That's a bad movie. (laughs) I look Cody Decker and I cannot do a show together where we don't devolve into random '90s action films, and yes. I am totally fine with that. Uh, the second thing, there's this phenomenon that happens in broadcasting. Now that broadcasting has, and I'm going to pull that at the curtain and probably get myself in trouble for this, devolved into effectively what's the most clickbaity thing that I can say to then turn it into a clickbaity article to get people to clickbait to our station. Um, while you were while you were giving the soliloquy there. Because I got curious, I just went ahead and Googled, could Cubs trade for Otani? Just to see what comes up. Uh, and all it is, is a bunch of Morosi says articles. And that's it. It's all Morosi tells 610. And then it's all either a bunch of Cubs fandom websites getting irrationably turned on by the idea, and then a bunch <laughs> of other websites going, Cubs fans settle the blank down because it's not happening. My dudes, it, it's, it's effectively one guy said one thing and then all the atmosphere was like, oh, I can, I can get some clicks on this either going, Hey, Cubs fans, aren't you excited? Even though it's not going to happen or Hey, Cubs fans, you guys are idiots. Click here to read all about why it all think- spring from one comment is yeah. not happening. It's not there. The capital's not there. The players aren't there. It's just not happening. Your best bet is that you're going to get into a bidding war for a free agent Shohei Ohtani. But I got news for you. There are some teams in Major League Baseball that do have the resources to make the trade for Ohtani, and he's too damn good to let hit the free agent market. Shohei Ohtani will not be a free agent market unless some team is willing to give the farm for a single year of Shohei. And I can't see that happening either. No. Your best bet, if you're a Cubs fan, is that that happens. He hits the free agent market, and all of a sudden, you are willing to offer the biggest contract in baseball history. But if Shohei has said he wants to be on a winning team, there will be better teams than the Cubs that are willing to spend the same, if not amount, same if not more, uh, in order to get him. I, I could see Shohei Otani looking real good in a Cubs uniform. Yeah. Not
0: happening. It's not happening. Sorry, Chicago. I I want him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would love it, love it, if he was a Cub. I want. He would look good as a Cub. It could. He could be a type of guy that could like reform that. It's very rare that you can get one player and kind of like put a new stamp on an organization because you, you can make the argument. Well, he's on the Angels, and there's no stamp on the Angels, and they have Trout. True. But I would honestly say remove Otani and Trout from the Angels. And the Cubs are better than the Angels. Now, that's that's not a compliment. I, I can't stress that enough. That's it's not a compliment. That's that's maybe an accidental dig. It's I, I love the Cubs, and I want them to win. Could Otani help them? Yes, he gives them two immediate needs, an incredible left-handed bat with power and an incredible right-handed arm. And they do need some good arms on that team. But if you did add that arm, think about that. You're adding an arm to... Smiley, who's having a pretty good year. Thompson, who's having a pretty good year. Stroman can kind of get back to his nor- his kind of form next year. That's actually not that bad of a pitching staff. I do think they need more than that, obviously. But I mean, this is, this it would be a nice fit. Although, listen, let's not pretend that um, the Seattle Mariners do not have a connection to Japan. They a lot of Seattle. A lot of Jap- Japanese superstars have played in Seattle. I can definitely see that happening. The Dodgers, you know, they they would love to get their hands on Shohei Otani. The Yankees would love to get their hands on Shohei Otani. The Mets would love to get their hands on Shohei Otani. Those, what's the common thing about those three teams? None are afraid to pay at all. The Cubs have just as much money as every team I just said. They seem to be afraid to pay. And
1: that's it. Which because you are you are going to come up fair foul to say Shohei Ohtani is when he becomes a free if he slash when he becomes a free agent is going to command the biggest contract in the history of baseball. We have seen the contract Julio got. We saw the contract Trout got. We have seen him grow and grow and grow. Shohei Ohtani is going to get the biggest contract in baseball history, and for a team that is notoriously infamous for not willing not, not being willing to sign that type of contract. I don't know how it is that Cubs fans think, oh, our management will finally do that for one guy.
0: I just, I, I I, don't see the Cubs making the correct move. And it's not just him though. They have to, they have to pay for him and like four other guys. Right. They're going to need to pay money. And if there's one thing the Ricketts have shown this last couple of years, they don't really feel like paying money. Um, now let's get off the Cubs for a second. Let's touch on this real quick. Rob Thompson. This is a yes or no question, and there's only one answer. Should the Phillies rehire him? Yes!
1: Uh, and it yes. Does not require it's not required thought.
0: There is no conversation. Why hasn't it happened yet? Yeah. Uh, Sammy Fold, GM of the Phillies, former teammate from Team Israel. Listen to me. Sign him. Sign him. Three more years. This guy's done an incredible job. You can't say he hasn't. This team is, right now, looking like they're going to make the playoffs. And they lost Harper for half the season. And this is the worst defensive team I've ever seen on a field. And they're going to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Extend this guy. Rob Thompson's done an unbelievable job. Uh, but talking about the playoffs, who do you have more faith in making the playoffs? Orioles or Brewers? Now, here's the thing. Both of these teams on the outside looking in of a wild card spot. I have my theory on who I have more trust in. But the reason has nothing to do with either of the teams I just said. Can I guess? Yes.
1: Orioles make it because the Rays and Jays both fall apart and they sneak in as the last
0: wildcard team with a very average and pedestrian end of the season. So close. So close. Ah. So close. So close. That reasoning, only San Diego Padres. I'm worried about the Padres. The vibes are wrong. The team is not looking good. They, they they what, split to the Nationals. I mean, they finally started turning it on the other day, but they just lost 15-7 to yesterday to the Royals. <laughs>